0: Welcome to the Next Wave Radio Hour from WERU Community Radio, a program featuring folks around their 20s and 30s from across Maine. I'm your host, Olivia Peruke, and I use she, her pronouns. In this show, I hope to provide you with a unique perspective of life from the next generation working to create the future they hope to see. My first guest on this episode is Charlie Biondo, a new Maine resident and owner of Blind Tiger Coffee. We touch on rebelling in your youth to discovering new music and how a great cup of coffee can alter one's life.
1: My name is Charlie Biondo. My pronouns are he, him. My job title is um, Guy Who Sweeps the Floors and Turns the Lights On and Off at Blind Tiger Coffee Roosters.
0: So I think to kind of set the stage, um, is a little bit going back way to the beginning, baby back to baby Charlie. And where did you grow up and kind of what was that early experience like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess my childhood sort of fragmented a little bit, but I, I, I mostly grew up in the northeast Philadelphia neighborhood of Philadelphia. Um, but I spent a lot of my childhood also... Um, Outside of Boston and Framingham, where like all of my relatives are from Massachusetts. So um there's a lot of time kind of going back and forth between Philly and Massachusetts. I don't know if you've ever been in Northeast Philly. It's a it's a weird zone.
0: I have not. Do you want to maybe expand on Northeast Philly?
1: Yeah, Northeast Philly is sort of a funny, a funny spot. I feel like um back in Uh, my early adolescence, I I would not have uh, so easily copped to the fact that I was from Northeast Philly, because it's like not a historically cool area Mm. um, in Philadelphia. It's sort of like a proto-suburb. And I think it was one of the last additions to um, Philadelphia. Um, It may have been some different towns that were sort of eventually uh incorporated into philadelphia but yeah it's it's like a really it's like a really funny place um yeah i think the fact that it, it it's like not specifically urban but it's not specifically suburban either um makes it kind of like a really really weird zone um and yeah there are like a lot of malls and so like if if like city kids like wanted to go to the mall they'd have to go to northeast philly but otherwise no one no one would like really willingly go there maybe it's like a nice place to raise your family or it was in the 80s
0: (laughs) Mm. and do you feel like growing up there maybe shaped a bit of your identity or just the way you're talking about it it feels like maybe there's some mixed emotions
1: yeah yeah i mean how yeah how could it not i mean it was such a visceral experience growing up there i mean in a lot of ways it really did like there, i spent a lot of my life feeling like i i didn't belong there and i think because like i also just like didn't have any family in in the area and like north in, in northeast philly like your family's been there for ages and like you know like you're you're well, I would say aunt, but I guess your aunt, everyone, you'd be, you'd be an aunt down there. It's like down the street. And then like your grandmom, AKA your mom, mom, uh, (laughs) is like also down the street, you know? And I didn't, I, yeah, I just like, I didn't have any of these things. And so, yeah, I always kind of felt a little out of place, quite frankly. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of rebelling against that or rejection against that. And like, you know, like wanting to go, Downtown and like go like I I, I went to a, a, like an arts high school that was in like Center City Philadelphia more or less, you know, and that was kind of like a choice to to like try to distance myself from whatever the thing was in Northeast Philly at that point, and also what um, Northeast Philly kind of has like a funny, um well I don't know it's I mean it it, it seemed like it's kind of segregated like it's like. When I was growing up there, it was mostly like white families, like Irish Catholic and and Russian Jewish families, and so um, there was always something kind of like weird about that. And <laughs> you know, even even to me, um, without a whole lot of experience otherwise. So I I think that there there was a lot of yearning to like be in places that seemed like they were a, a little more cu- culturally diverse and and like in that diversity like interested in like eclectic things but you know i think everyone should go to northeast philly they should they should and when you go down to philly i mean you're gonna want to go to the the places that everyone says to go but you should go to a mall in northeast philly to really get a good flavor the flavor of philadelphia
0: that's right yeah kind of the mall culture
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) i feel like in maine we we kind of have mall culture but we have like two malls that are like big malls like in bangor and then in kind of south portland but other than that we're we're lacking a little bit
1: for sure yeah well and and you know i live in bangor now so of course you know i find it i'm i'm at home because i know that there's a mall 10 minutes away that i can i can drive around and and Uh, you know uh there's like a sports store maybe I could go in there
0: there you go yeah
1: if I if I want to feel nostalgic so
0: that's a great way to put it I like that yeah so maybe kind of I mean we've kind of jumped a little spoiler oh you're in Maine now (laughs) yeah Oops. No, that's great and um but I think like stepping back a little bit maybe just kind of exploring a bit of your academic journey, you said you went to like more of an arts high school. And then maybe if you want to talk about how that expanded, did you go to college? How was that like?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So um, I went to um, an arts high school in Philadelphia that um, we used to really, really like um, shout out uh, graduates that, that are now famous or, or were famous for a little bit. But uh, most notably boys to men went to my high school and you know what, but they, they're not, you know, they're obviously, well, I don't know. It's, they're maybe relevant to someone somewhere and, and Motown <laughs> Philly, you know, is, is, is awesome. The roots also went to my high school. Like they, they, it seemed like there were like, it was a, a, an interesting place to go. Um, If you, if you want to like, you know, make it in like Philly arts or something like that. I, um, grew up playing music. I'm, I'm an upright bassist, I suppose, by trade. Like I have a degree in that. And yeah. So like after graduating from high school, I, I continued on and, and went to Temple University, um, for, to pursue orchestral bass playing. My mom's a nurse and is like really into the idea of having healthcare mm. and like a job, uh, yeah. providing healthcare. Um, and, uh, it seemed like Maybe as an orchestral musician, if you get into an orchestra, you can at least get steady pay and health care. And so it seemed like a a, a a good idea. And if I was going to make my mom happy, um, but uh, one day I accidentally gouged my my hand with a, a bike chain ring mm-hmm. when I was working on a bike that I found in the woods uh, that that more or less ended uh, whatever dreams I had for orchestral performance but it also kind of like interestingly well like that time like maybe if there's a trajectory for me like where I'm enjoying academic music uh that time period I guess I'm starting to 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 learn that there's um two things that I'd never really totally understood before but like like punk music or DIY music like Mm. there seem to be these kids and they're they're playing shows and in living rooms and in basements you know and like it's crazy you can scream in songs and you can do whatever you want (laughs) you know and and that seemed really revolutionary to me um but I also accidentally had like a really good cup of coffee um in like my sophomore I guess it was the summer between sophomore and junior year of college and it kind of um became this like this itch that I just couldn't stop s- scratching or it was like you know I know I should be practicing bass right now but um it's like 2006 and I'm trying to use the internet to figure out more about coffee but there's like nothing online and there's something called YouTube that like I've I, there's like a couple of videos that I, I can watch and I'm just going to keep watching them like every hour and you know it uh it was an okay time to 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 bow out of orchestral music, I suppose, and and kind of follow these these sort of newer obsessions and passions, I guess, or something.
0: I'm I'm now so intrigued by this cup of coffee. Like, can we maybe set the stage? What was so revolutionary about this cup of coffee? Now, I'm also I, I love coffee, so I just I'm just curious what first sparked that.
1: Yeah, it was significant. Um, well, it also like um you know and to, and to make this story even more compelling uh kind of it, it it um it happened at the same time that um well it uh how do i how do i say this so if maybe like a few years prior to that um my father had finally gotten confirmation that he is not related to his father, but is related to his mother. And there's some mysterious person that is his father somewhere.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, And um, through, through the help of, of um, a a detective or I don't know, some private investigator uh, we learned who his, his you know, or at least who he's related to, um, was, and, um, that his family, he had, had half siblings that lived in Portland, Oregon.
0: Oh. Um,
1: and again, my mom being like a nurse is like really into health stuff and finding mm-hmm. out what your like family's health, uh, history is, um, is like important. So we, we took a group trip out to Portland, Oregon, which was like a place that I had heard about and looked so cool in magazines or something um to meet these newly discovered relatives and get some like hospital records and stuff like that but um so yeah I was out there you know kind of in a cool freaky new city you know that was (laughs) I don't know like yeah kind of kind of like kind of rocker kind of punk kind of like DIY stuff happening you know like um being very impressed by that and Um, I had a music theory TA who was like, I know you like hanging out at cafes. There's this place called (laughs) Stumptown and it's like this small coffee roaster in Portland and you got to check them out. So I bought um, like a $10 bike off of Craigslist in in Portland and just sort of biked biked there every like twice a day or something. Um, And yeah, the vibe was right in there, but I, you know, I just had this coffee and I decided like, you know, I normally pour like milk and sugar in, in the cup, but you know, it's this thing called French press and it doesn't seem like it like, oh, okay, it, you know, like maybe it doesn't need milk and sugar. And I, I tried this, this cup and it was just like immediately like, like what? I've never <laughs> had coffee. I didn't taste terrible. <laughs> it's
0: like fireworks. You know? yeah Love that. yeah yeah
1: and so yeah i remember it was like it was a honduran coffee that later on i found out was like sort of like a a, a more famous honduran coffee that that would would make its way into like to a, a a lot of coffee roasters but um uh finca el puente the purple princess was what it was called because it <laughs> had like nice. purple flavors um, what
0: even is a purple flavor? I love that. <laughs> I think like
1: yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um I believe the idea was like there's like lavender and there's grape and like, oh, you know, okay. these kind of or like maybe lilac or something like that, you know. But um but yeah, so it was it was a significant coffee. Um for better or for worse, and then it was kind of <laughs> funny because then we, I went back to and I, br- I like was like whoa this stuff is really good and I I brought some bags back with me and it like st- somehow stunk up the entire airplane like the entire airplane <gasps> smelled like coffee oh my gosh which yeah. I guess is a probably a better thing than like what an airplane can smell like a lot of times yeah but, but yeah and then you know I ran through it and then I was like well you know now that I'm into good coffee I'm gonna go to Philly's best coffee roaster and I'm gonna like really you know i'm gonna dig in i can't wait to like my new life just drinking black coffee and it became like really apparent that was like whoa the stuff in philly is not as good and like okay you know i need to like ship this stuff to me like because how can i go back you know it was sort of like having like a really good beer when when you were only used to like like miller high life or something and it was like wait but that other one that tastes like things tastes better than this. Why would I, you know? Yeah. That was sort of like the early days of, of, of coffee obsessions and, and yeah, you know, like maybe I'm finding out about my relatives and I'm finding out a little bit more about myself too, you know?
0: There you go. (laughs) There you go. I like that. And, And how did that kind of change your trajectory? It seems like you had the chain and the bicycle and like your hand and now you have this new love of coffee. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, I mean, it really, I I mean, yeah, it it full on changed everything. Like I, 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 (laughs) um, you know, for the rest of, for the, at least for the next like decade and a half, I had two upright bases that just took up space in a house. Like it, you know, that was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then. I don't know. Like, I mean, everything felt like it was sort of at that point in my life, it felt like a lot of things were like I either want to play like DIY music or I want to pursue coffee or like I want to tour with bands, but use those tours as ways of like going to all these coffee shops that I've like I'm reading about online. And yeah, there was just like a lot of back and forth um, in, in that way where uh, you know, I, at that that point, yeah, like I guess in my twenties, there was a lot of of feeling, sort of a, a push and pull between, like wanting to tour and play music and and like wanting to be gainfully employed and and like you know, like missing making people coffee, like
0: mm.
1: you know, like being on tour and and going to these cafes and just being like, I want to, I want to be behind the bar again. That was cool, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense and and now that you've kind of you've ended up in Maine have you found your way back to coffee
1: yeah 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 absolutely yes so um and and to, I guess to be clear so like I um I'd been pursuing uh coffee for a while on like a a I guess like a like a higher level and without that sounding like super uh snobby or something like that but, <laughs> you know like working for some different like bigger roasters and big big espresso machine manufacturers but before i moved to maine i i had already started my own coffee roasting brand um in philadelphia but um the pandemic added some curveballs
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and um yeah it just sort of seemed like um i i do my 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 brand has primarily been such that I do like online sales and I do wholesale to like markets and cafes throughout the country. and that um neither of those things necessarily required that I be in Philadelphia to do that when my 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 wife and I kind of felt the urge to maybe get out of the city, maybe maybe choose something a little a slightly more chill uh, environment to to be located in um Maine main was always top of the list yeah when she ended up scoring a job in bangor it was a no-brainer to to move it up there you know it's funny like growing up and spending so much time in in like the areas outside of boston i'd never really gone much farther northeast than lowell mass i i maybe have alluded that i've played in bands and i've toured and and that was a lot of my my 20s and, and we toured and played all over like Pretty much all of the 50 states, um, except for like Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, and it and it just <laughs> it's funny when we were moving back to to Philadelphia, my my wife and I from from Seattle, and it just like didn't sit right with me. I was like, this makes no sense that I, I've like I've been to Washington State, I've been to like mm. British Columbia, I've been to like Tijuana, but I've like not been to to Maine you know and like <laughs> what's going on up there like what's the deal it's you know like I have like no understanding at all of of what Maine is about and um yeah like that all that like in a way that like coffee and DIY music maybe felt like an obsession for me in my 20s like me in my like late 30s was like what's Maine about you know I'm like on yeah you know, like doing <laughs> uh, like google image searches of towns and i'm like what like using google maps to like walk through towns and just be like what's this town look like you know like it, it was yeah it feels like it was only a matter of time before we got up here um, so yeah it's it's cool to be up here
0: that's awesome i wonder since you've been up here if you've noticed sort of those because you've alluded to almost feeling a bit like an outsider but kind of that do-it-yourself eclectic vibe have you found that sort of community in maine yeah
1: i mean for sure yeah maine um maine is awesome and maine is full of like really really neat and like very different types of communities so it's Mm -hmm. been it's been like really gratifying to to be up here and and to like meet so many different types of people and go to so many different types of places specifically around my coffee brand and like doing pop-up coffee services at different parts of the state but well you know like i have to admit like and i'm not i feel like i I, as much as i try to blend in like you know i am a flatlander on the one hand like there is a portion of like at least accepting that like i am an outsider up here in in a way and especially Mm -hmm. in in like i think um the bangor region i mean like it it feels like people are are like through and through from central Maine up here and and like, you know, we have different experiences. Like I just bought a canoe, but like, you know, I would not say I'm a competent canoer. And I feel like everyone up here is just like canoeing to work all the time, (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel like the community, I mean, it almost feels like it's like sort of a no brainer. And if, and if you know, you know, but like, it seems like the mid coast, there's just like a lot of commonality. to 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 folks that are living you know it, uh, on the coast specifically but like Waldo County um mm-hmm. Belfast and and Rockland and and close to Camden um and and in the like independent like sort of newer food scene in Maine like there's there's a lot of um feel, feeling like I'm I'm in with a community of of very like-minded like and passionate people it's been cool to be able to just get to know so many people and, and get to see what everyone's up to and you know be able to go to like wolf peach and see what kind of like wild pizzas they're making now and like <laughs> crazy like they they're they're making ice cream with my coffee and it's like amazing you know that's awesome um yeah or you know just down the street at seafolk coffee in in, in rockport um you know to to be represented there and to be able to see how they're using my coffee but then they've got like these awesome pastries it's just like an amazing i don't know it's like a very gratifying experience when i when i um get you know when i'm not working ultimately and i have a chance to like get down and like hang out but there's a lot of there's a lot of me just sort of like toiling in my in my roasting space or you know mm-hmm. just like writing invoices until like 12 o'clock at night or something (laughs) i maybe not doing things right I don't know it's you know it's like it's cool to be able to follow your vision and be able to execute everything like that's really gratifying but it also is like always 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 rewarding to be around people that are just inspired and like on fire have you had have you had scenarios like that where you're 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 like with some DJs at WERU and you're just like (laughs) You're just like jamming on some ideas, you know. Oh
0: my gosh, all the time. I absolutely. I think like, you know, there's like you said, there's just something so wonderful to be in that resonance with another person who's so excited and passionate yeah. about, and you're just like, yes, I just totally get it, and I think that's that's really awesome, and I've definitely I've definitely experienced that at W E R U, which I'm super grateful for, and and yeah, I'm so excited that that you're feeling a bit more connected I know sometimes moving to Maine it can be I find Mainers can be quite nice people but sometimes breaking into the community is hard so so I'm glad that at least you're finding finding some commonality
1: yeah well and I had you know I had had so much practice in in the Pacific Northwest Um, Seattle is famously (laughs) famously icy everyone everyone up here has been awesome and there were more people helping my wife and I move uh, boxes out of our moving truck in Maine than there were people helping to put boxes into the moving truck in Philadelphia. If that's like any reference, like, I, I mean, Mm -hmm. people are very nice here, but there, there, there have been some like immediate, like just gems of human beings that like have been so open and, and yeah, like Corey and I are both really grateful to, to being in that community and and yeah, like the more time that we spend here, the, the more we get to know folks. And it's it's better and better and better, you know?
0: I was wondering if your younger self could have pictured where you are today.
1: Absolutely not. Um, no, I think and uh the young, I mean, you know, there are so many, so many different identities we take on and um throughout our lives, but um I I you know, like I, I still love Philly. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's where, it's where I'm from, um, and that, and it, you know, and while I actually think that, like, there is a fair amount of, like, I lived, I lived on the West Coast for maybe like five years or something like that, maybe a little bit longer if you include some, some tours that were like kind of centered around the West Coast, but, um. It's, it was hard to not be influenced by that time there. So like, I, I couldn't say that like, you know, like I'm from, I don't know where I'm from now, but I think that mm. like at one point in my life, I like, I would have only is like Philly, you know, or or death, like that's all I do. And I think <laughs> that like, that was sort of informed by this, this feeling and I think that maybe Mainers could like understand a little bit like with the Boston of it all but like you know when you're a, a city that's right next to New York you know there's just a lot of like unfair comparisons that maybe happen all the time where it's like oh this is pretty good but it's not as good in New York you know like right Eagles <laughs> here are pretty good but not as good as, as in New York and like people would do that for like everything it was like like mm. yeah yeah I used to play jazz like I was a, I, I grew up actually playing jazz before orchestral stuff mm-hmm. and you know everyone would leave Philly to to pursue jazz in New York and I always was just like that's like what's wrong with you you gotta right. stay here you know but so yeah. yeah to have me all of a sudden jump ship and like go to a place where like <laughs> I don't even you know like I don't even know what my concept of Maine would have been back then I think it may right. be like Like in my brain, the only thing that would have come up was like lobster, like there's a lobster and that's like, oh, I live up there with the the lobsters, not (laughs) not quite, kind of more moose country, I guess, but um, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're a little less coastal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wonder about that stuff all the time. Do you ever feel like it'd be cool to have a time machine and you go back and talk to yourself?
0: Oh my it, gosh, all the time. I <laughs> I was just going to ask if you had any like uh-huh. wisdom or advice to give your younger self from from now like if you could speak to 10-year-old Charlie, what what would it be?
1: 10-year-old Charlie was okay. I mean, I think 10-year-old Charlie would have been like, "Dude, you can take you can take your shirt off." Like I, I know you think you're like gaining the the weirdest weight in the world but like you can you can do you can jump into a pool without your shirt on and it's totally right yeah you know like other than that I think Charlie from that age was doing fine but I think like Charlie from like 18 on Mm -hmm. like I'd love to give that Charlie some some suggestions and just you know like I feel like it's it, it people say this all the time but like Like, one, you should just be like enjoying that time because it's awesome. And like, Mm -hmm. you're never gonna have like that much energy. And like, you're never, (laughs) you know, like, there's like, you just can, you can do so much more stuff. And it's like, it's cool. It's a cool time to be alive. Like, you should cherish that. And every time is a cool time to be alive. I try to, like, I try to apply that now, right? Like, it's a cool time Mm -hmm. to be alive. Like, don't, don't get stuck in that. But like, also, like, I think there's a lot of like trying to figure out like, well how like what's the cool identity how do i be the the best like the best version of me or the coolest version of me and it's like a like maybe you'll never be cool or you're the best (laughs) version of you i think that like people enjoy you more if you're you know just kind of honest about who you are and and not don't don't be so worried about like you know putting on airs or being like yeah i gotta listen to that that latest you know animal collective album or something you know and talk about that you know like that'll really impress everyone you know main advice uh from from main charlie to Mm -hmm.
0: to
1: Billy charlie would be just like relax it's all good
0: relax i like it yeah i feel like we can be so stressed and put so much pressure on ourselves so i feel like it's it's really wise to just relax yeah
1: yeah yeah not yeah,
0: not an easy. No, even
1: now it's not like you know. just
0: like relax, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I, and in fact, I wish I wish that I I could like really relax and just like.
0: Mm. but I don't
1: think I'm. I don't think I'm wired like that, or it's the caffeine that like.
0: That is true. You are surrounded by a lot of coffee. <laughs>
1: it's 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 a lot, and
0: I've actually been having your samples of your coffee. I really like. I think it's this. St- the stu- like the one person sitting on the bench yeah that yeah, one's yeah. so good i really like that awesome <laughs>
1: i'm glad i'm glad that, i'm glad that you're digging it yeah I'm, I'm happy to be able to to get that to the people so thanks for checking it out
0: you are listening to the next wave radio hour on weru my name is olivia peruke and you just heard from charlie Biondo. my next guest is liz Farrell, a local cut flower farmer who started her own business color me wild a couple years ago we explore what it means to follow your dream and how gardening is not all rainbows and butterflies.
2: I'm Elizabeth Farrell, I go by Liz, and uh, she, her pronouns. And I'm a cut flower farmer slash farmer's assistant. So I work for a couple other cut flower farmers in the area uh, while also running my own small cut flower business that's just started
0: how exciting yeah. how exciting and yeah. I think kind of to start I feel like just to go to the beginning baby Liz where did this oh. where did where did you grow up what was the, what were your early early years like if we can if we can go all the way back
2: <laughs> yeah yeah we can absolutely go all the way back uh so originally I am from Mississippi Not born, my parents were both in the military, so I was around three or four when they moved to Mississippi, and that's basically where I was raised. So, Southern girl, um, but the South was not for me, (laughs) for many reasons, um, which is why I, I now reside in Maine my childhood was a lot of time spent outdoors. Um, you know, one of the, I feel like, typical upbringings in the South is the, it's time for you to get out of the house and go outside and play <laughs> moments from, uh, from mothers. So we were often, not poorly kicked out of the house, but um, I have an older brother closest in age to me, and, you know, we'd wrestle and all of that, so... Oftentimes it was too rough house for inside. So I spent a lot of my time out in the yard running around with the dogs. We had this, um, you know, cool path that we used to explore the woods through and uh, that just ran along our fence line. But we had a, a nice hedge of trees to wander around. And there were some good days spent in uh, like drainage ditches. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of my best friends was biking distance um, away, so I often biked to her house and we would bike to the drainage ditch and be explorers and all of that sort of stuff, so uh, a lot of time outside, lots of mud pies, and like, my brother and I used to throw dirt at each other, which is just hilarious in retrospect. <laughs> Yeah, we would throw dirt at each other and uh, climb trees and all of that. So I guess, yeah, for my age group, not a, a strange upbringing at all. Um, so yeah, and then from there, the school years all blur together. I played sports in high school, uh, tennis and volleyball. And basically when I turned 18, I was looking to get out of Mississippi actually have the opportunity to go explore somewhere new in a uh, you know kind of a comfortable setting of like here are your peers yeah <laughs> Get to know people right like versus as an adult you move somewhere new and mm-hmm. you're like how do I how do I how do I friend <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes so yeah so it was quite the jump from Mississippi to Maine but I'm extremely happy I made it
0: that's mm-hmm. That sounds so fun. I, I love this like vision you've painted of your childhood and very outdoorsy. And yeah. I wonder if that kind of also informed how, you know, you are still out outside a lot. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's like one of my uh, life requirements, not even job. It's just a life requirement that I spend a substantial amount of time outside. That being said, I do love a good couch. and cozy cabin so (laughs) I try it's balance right it's always balance
0: absolutely absolutely and so what what brought you to Maine so um
2: jump back to when I was 18 every guidance counselor gives you one of those go to these websites fill out this personal (laughs) you know form and you'll get connected to colleges that Mm -hmm. are your interest area and my interest area was north, and I wanted northeast. Like I, I think the furthest I applied was uh, Wisconsin, and so I wanted I wanted northeast liberal arts schooling, and so that's what I um, I googled for, and <laughs> I actually I actually got a postcard in the mail from Unity College in Unity, oh, Maine. Yeah. So that's how that's what connected me to Maine, and. Um, my parents and I went on a college tour of a like three different colleges, and, and one of them was SUNY ESF, which is amazing, but I didn't realize it was in the city of Syracuse. So <laughs> I was like, no. Um, I've, I, I just feel like it's cities, I just get totally turned around and lost. So um, we went back to the hotel. My dad told me I had to find another college, I found College of the Atlantic, uh, we came, we were already coming to visit Unity, which was also a no, and um, yeah, and then we, we saw COA, and I was like, done. I applied to the other colleges, but that I early, I did the early application process for COA, so yeah.
0: My trek to Maine. I like that. It, it feels a bit serendipitous to kind of have discovered College of the Atlantic in the last final hour.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then it was wild. I was I was in New Mexico. We had this backpacking uh, trip planned as my last summer kind of before college send-off with my father and, and um, partner at the time. And it was too hot so they were like no camping in the national forest wildfire dangers too high so we had to kind of create our own adventure and we went on a white water rafting trip and i chatted with this woman who was there with her her daughter and friends and then when we when we headed back after the rafting trip was done we were all in separate vans and she came running over to me and was like I just met somebody who I think goes to the same college that you're going to. And it was, in <laughs> fact, like, uh, I think he was a sophomore or junior at, at COA. So it kind of felt like even more yeah, focused.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Almost like meant to be. It's funny to, like, see how small the world can be sometimes, especially you're like, COA, it's a, it's a small school, you know, like roughly 300, 350 people. But man, are they ever- <laughs> COA grads everywhere? <laughs>
2: We we get out there. I was once in San Francisco at Pride, and suddenly five of us are in in one bar, and only three of us meant to meet at this one bar. <laughs> like we went to the bar together, and then we were sort of like, "Oh, hey, you're in the bathroom line. Like I know you." So it's pretty wild. That is it's an cool. interesting community.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's very true. Yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: I do. I do. I I am also a uh, coare um <laughs> yeah it's been it's yeah. been a it's been a fun journey i think yeah and I, i'm curious about mm-hmm. anything else academically like like with your schooling it seemed like almost you were mentioning it was kind of like a blur in your younger years and getting through mm-hmm. like did you feel like you liked school or you were just like kind of going through the motions oh i was a, a total
2: like go through the motions uh, mm-hmm. very blessed in the ability to do absolute minimum and achieve you know high grades Mm. so um yeah I, I find that in a school setting I learn enough to pass the test and nothing actually lasts beyond that I was just I I'm trying to build this truck bed cap and um was trying to figure out the angle of the trapezoid of the back of my (laughs) window to figure out how to shape it and uh, basically had to go through like a YouTube poll of relearning trigonometry and all that. So (laughs) that was fun. But um, schooling was not, I wasn't interested. The reason like COA also appealed to me was their more fluid program. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not one to be, in a set system or a set course it just was I was like at 18 I need some I need some freedom so um yeah when I got to COA I definitely got the freedom (laughs) that I was craving maybe a little too much but early years school was just not I did well but I did not try to strive for everything um by any means at all so (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then um I got really interested in anthropology and archaeology. That's what I was going to go to college for until I realized that being an academic was basically how you have to um, it's, it's it's basically your only option I, I that I found right. at the time
0: for yeah. pursuing
2: an archaeological or anthropological uh, path so I was like nope I don't <laughs> want to be a professor not for me um, and then yeah I, I slowly kind of got into more botany and, and started doing more ethnobotanical research and all of that so um, yeah I, I would like to say my focus in life is that like the ecologist and um, specifically botany I love a plant so
0: yes Plants yeah. are great. I guess I'm kind of wondering how how you fell into flower farming and and how did that all come to fruition? That's an excellent question. I I ponder the same
2: thing myself at times. <laughs> uh, I, actually, very very often I kind of have these moments where I'll be like, how did I get here? How did I end up doing this with my life? Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of been. I guess um, really in the last three years, uh, I suppose would be kind of where I got more focused into the idea of being a cut flower farmer and not mm-hmm. just working for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, doing cut flower farming, I mean, I still am. And I, and I love the people I work for, so, but yeah, it kind of, I did estate state gardening, was not my jam, um, the one I worked for and, and still work for, Jody Sargent is absolutely wonderful. And I, I definitely got a look into the cut flower farming wor- world through her. And um, it's funny cause I, I also took a class at, at COA and ended, ended up designing the cut flower garden for that class, along with a, a group of other students, um, the gardens and greenhouses course. Mainly because I didn't want to jump into the uh, vegetable gardening. People people were like quick to get into those spots, and I was like, "I'm I'm happy to just grow the flowers. That's cool. I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna butt heads over a spot in a in a class." So yeah, but really, I think in the last in the last three years, and then it kind of just aligns with my life goal right mm-hmm. homesteading and you know like cut flower farming you can do on a much smaller scale Some people farm on a half acre i farm on a 50 by like 40 to 20 foot plot because it tapers and i'm, I'm very blessed with the uh, perennial offerings that i can just cut from on the farm yeah it's it's just it's the path i find the most aligned with if you will yeah and yeah. it's, it's I mean, it's amazing to start something from seed and then just watch it grow. And then you get this beautiful flower. I'm also a huge. I'm a huge fan of vegetables. I would love to grow more vegetables. I'm trying to figure out how to, because growing flowers and vegetables hand in hand, right? Like mm-hmm. the flowers bring the pollinators. Right. And, and all of that. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where this path takes me also very apprehensive like farming is by no means glorious and it's a ton of hard work but absolutely I, I love like good hard labor it makes me feel like alive I love being like a strong woman like sometimes I'm just like wow these muscles <laughs> <laughs>
0: impressive thank you i mean i think for a lot of people like you were mentioning the hard aspects i think you know people it's like glamorous in the sense of like oh look at beautiful flowers but they don't see all the hard work maybe maybe you try to if you can enlighten some people and and maybe if you're comfortable sharing maybe some of the tougher things that have happened being your own boss and flower farming mm-hmm. and you know to kind of show like that entrepreneurship you know isn't always as glamorous as as it is portrayed As Instagram makes it out to be right um, yeah just the beautiful yes. fla- floral shots
2: <laughs> yes yes and the in the beautiful summer dress so I mean my I'm we'll be honest there are people in the area who are have been in this game for years like decades mm-hmm. and I am going this is my second year of of doing this on my own so by no mm-hmm. means I mean I'm, I'm a wee babe in the industry and <laughs> yeah. it's great because the industry is growing so there's just so much more information that can be acquired it's way more accessible like everybody's got an online course like everybody approaches things differently and so in a way I feel like it's the perfect time to be doing cut flowers um but definitely there are challenges for instance the seasonality of the job you're completely at the mercy of the seasons for instance, right now, we have had a very wet, cool, foggy summer. We're finally starting to get what feels like summer weather, and that's the end of July. So, yeah. And which is great for some plants, but some things you just can't help. You know, disease is going to happen. My sunflowers are like, where's the sun? And so, one of the largest obstacles I find in flower farming is just timing, right? You spend mm-hmm. the whole winter making this beautiful plan, beautiful spreadsheets, you know, like listing everything. Oh, right, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to make this guy. I wrote like three to four different garden draft plans for this year. Um, And then once the plants got here, I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm at the farm. I didn't bring the plan. Like, let's just. Boop, 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 boop. I'm gonna pop these here you know? <laughs> and so it's it's kind it's definitely one of those like you dream and you dream and like the winter is so great for like your creative planning juices to flow but it's not so easy to marry the two like that's one of my biggest difficulties as I'm learning to like plan for myself for instance like I, I'm having to learn what works best for me in terms of planning not just like What everybody else is doing, not even honestly what I think I will be doing to face the harsh reality of myself. And like, I am a lazy person at my core. (laughs) So, you know, I I love to research and I love to plan and I do love the hard work. However, I also love a wasted day. You know, like, I love that luxury of just, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. There's Mm -hmm. time. And then there's just like never actually time. So right. Um, once again, you know, it's it's that balance and I'm definitely having to learn how to overcome my own laziness and uh, passion, like, you know,
0: mm-hmm. the lazy side of
2: myself, the passion to grow and to farm um, and the passion definitely definitely kicks me in the butt uh, Mm -hmm. often and I'm like I want to grow seedlings from seeds I have to go water them (laughs) you know right (laughs) if I want if I want beautiful flowers I have to learn how to take care of them so Mm -hmm. it goes even even beyond uh just what I'm doing out in the field how is everything growing and it it also goes into what am I learning like what am I trying to achieve am I am I trying to be a regenerative farmer am Mm -hmm. I trying to just do this to make money. No, never. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, what is what is my goal as a flower farmer? Do I want to do weddings? Do I want to do mm-hmm. just farmer market and CSA? So there's so many other aspects to learn about business. Right. Oh my gosh, business. It look so easy. It is not easy. I mean, marketing, email lists. <laughs> uh, that was my biggest thing. Every everybody I watch their, you know, their t- t- schools and tutorials mm-hmm. and they're like, get your email list. So I was like, I don't from who? <laughs> <laughs> right. Am I am I going door to door? Am I am I knocking? Introducing myself? Am I waiting for market? And putting a little sign up list out there? What is that like if I if I start an email list, like what does that mean? Like newsletter updates? offers specials how do i link those to my website you know like oh what is my website design is it user friendly like have i considered the phone aspects of using the website because they're Mm -hmm. different they don't just streamline it's like a constant learning curve and and one of my biggest struggles is pricing you know you know it, it i had to go and harvest it or i i planted it from seed and i've raised it for months yeah. I kept it alive and now you're getting this flower for a dollar so right um, I mean I'll be honest I struggle with a lot
0: but yeah
2: in a way it's it's enjoyable because I'm I'm learning so much more and I'm putting in the effort and I I often find that I'm the type to peter out after two years of doing something mm-hmm. a lot of the jobs I worked after two years I'm kind of like I see what this job is. I stay or I go. Usually I go and I'm on time for a new adventure. Um, Right. However, you know, I've been farming gardening for a few years now. So it's kind of like, this is where I want to put in my energy. So let's put in my energy. Like, let's learn to not be lazy. Let's learn to spend that 15 minutes just looking into something. Let's actually do all the classes that you have signed up for and for, you know, nothing's free. Uh, right so yeah it's it's been very challenging and very Mm -hmm. rewarding yeah uh, figuring out how to do this and I I I have huge dreams so I gotta get the wheel spinning you know the more I have I can learn now at the beginning the better I can be in the future for myself bookkeeping (laughs) oh
0: yeah I mean it's like there's just so many things that, like you said, you, you aren't even expecting. And then it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I like out all these little unsaid things that now I have to educate myself. And it, it can be yeah. a lot and overwhelming. So I totally, totally yeah. sympathize with that sort of feeling of like there's so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. But having a dream.
2: Tax- yeah. Tax <laughs> Tax time. Oh yeah. Last year to do my taxes, I, I was very early business years. Mm-hmm. I cannot an accountant. There
0: there's yeah. no money to
2: pay an accountant or a bookkeeper, even if I intentionally saved for that. Like mm-hmm. I'm still very much growing and getting my name out there. So Yeah, I was on the phone with the IRS for a good half a day. Oh my goodness. Actually, <laughs> yeah, just to feel like just to make sure I was figuring out the right and filling out the right tax forms so there's some commitment that you gotta gotta make
0: to the job absolutely (laughs) absolutely but but you've gotten you know like you said you you've you're you're continuing and and you know that's Mm -hmm. I feel like half the battle sometimes is just to keep the momentum going even when it's hard yes absolutely absolutely so perseverance yeah yeah it's it's good and and hard
2: (laughs) it is yeah it
0: is and and
2: very it's it's rewarding once you have really you know Mm -hmm. climbed once you once you've really climbed and 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 dedicated yourself to it it's it's rewarding when all of your learning and effort starts to pay off in your soil quality or you know the number of pollinators you have in your garden, yeah. the the snakes and, and the the birds and and all of that just really. I my ultimate goal is to just learn to grow in the most cohesive way with what surrounds me, and not just clear cut a field and go from there. So wouldn't that uh, you know take a yeah. whole nother step
0: absolutely and usually kind of to end our show we've been doing mm-hmm. a, a bit of a um kind of advice to your younger self and I feel like picking an age that you feel like maybe is you feel like would have been a time in your life that now in retrospect you you'd love to give some advice it could even be a year ago <laughs> so <sighs> or just any yeah. life advice you've picked up that you feel has been really helpful or, or valuable in in your life.
2: Oh. this it's such a good question. I'll be honest, I'm quite bad at answering these types of questions. I'm
0: I like no to worries. ponder so. Yeah, um, you, we can ponder. We can Yeah.
2: Honestly, I it would it would It would probably be my sophomore year of college where Mm. I felt just totally adrift, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, being far away from family and also just being in a fun school, but a very self-independent school. um, I I think I I would tell myself to just sit and, and take a moment and really consider what was important to me mm. and, and what I wanted to achieve with my life I feel not not saying figure it out at 20
0: right right
2: years old right no but definitely take the time to consider the direction you mm-hmm. want um which is hilarious because at 19 I I got this tattoo on my forearm of a uh, blank uh trail signpost. Yeah, and it's got the phrase "It's time," which was <laughs> a remind a reminder to me to remember when it's time for a certain path in life and when it's time to say this path isn't for me any longer and and find a new one. So I guess I should have just spent a little more time being introspective and a little less time partying (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that would be my suggestion that you don't have to figure it out but definitely take some time to consider where your energy is going and what that is providing you with.
0: I think that's that's beautiful. I think, you know, well, it you. can be hard to hear ourselves with so much noise in the outside world. So I think taking a moment to, to look in and, and see what, what we're actually truly feeling mm-hmm. is super helpful.
2: Yeah, it takes a long time well for me to be comfortable hearing my actual feelings and emotions and and all of that so
0: well thank you so much Liz this has been wonderful thank you for being so raw and open I feel even closer (laughs) (laughs) yes well we have many more conversations oh absolutely always I love the garden just yes kicking yes. back being eaten alive by ants you know all the <laughs> things
2: <laughs> oh yes the garden chit chat is where it's at
0: absolutely that's true
2: <laughs> so much for having me I will, absolutely I so I am Liz Farrell uh, color me wild Flower farmer. Yeah, I, I'm growing flowers at Whistlepig Farm. It's beautiful. It's on Mount Desert Island. I sell every Friday at the Southwest Harbor Farmers Market, so long as there are flowers to sell. You know, you can reach me at, at colormewild.me if you have any questions, special requests. I have been doing some specialty bouquets. Much room for growth in the future. I'm already thinking about next year's garden. So uh, find me at Southwest Harbor Farmers Market. 9 to 12 30 every Friday. Yay! Thank you so much.
0: My name is Olivia Peruk, and this has been the Next Wave Radio Hour. I wanted to give a huge thank you to my guests today, Charlie Biondo and Liz Farrell. Thank you also to the Maine Community Foundation for supporting this program. Our theme music is by Zeke Sakharidis. You can find this archive of this and every other episode of Next Wave at weru.org and wherever you get your podcasts. Please do go back and listen to them if you like this episode. If you would like to get in touch, you can email nextwaveradio at weru.org. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Next Wave Radio Hour airs on the fourth Thursday of every month at 4. Until next time, take care and remember, you are not alone.